All right, we're going to do a little rapid fire. You ready? All right. Beach or city? Mm, city. Itinerary or fill it out? Itinerary for sure. Oh, God. <laughs> talk to strangers or not? Nah? I like to talk to strangers, actually. <laughs> Revisit your favorite countries or always somewhere new? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I used to be always somewhere new, but now I kind of like revisiting places. Okay, okay. Party hard or lay your ass down? We actually like to party. Okay, okay, the whole fam. <laughs> okay. And the kids be partying too. I dig it. Are you in it for the history or the food? Mm-hmm. Some places the food. In some places, the history, I know that did not answer the question. It depends on where I'm going. Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. And then, do you prefer traveling with kids or without? So, I don't see why you can't do both. Okay. So, I like to travel with the kids, but then I also like to do, like, my vacations, girlfriend getaways. A little vacation, nothing wrong with By myself, too. A little solo travel? Yes, yes. Every year, once a year. Really? Yes. I started last year. Okay, so it's a tradition. And now I'll be doing it every year. Dope. We got to get into all What's up, Soul Society family? We are here for another episode of Soul Society 101, the podcast. We have a very special guest today, Monet of The Traveling Child. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, you, when I first started the podcast, I think I reached out to you. You were one of the first people I wanted on. Here we are, season three, <laughs> episodes in, and we're finally getting a chance to sit down and connect. I know. I feel like I come to New York all the time, and every time we try, you're not in town, or I'm here too short of a time, yeah. so I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yes, for sure, for sure. So, what made you start The Traveling Child? So, my friend, actually, my friend Paula was the one that told me to uh, start it, mm-hmm. and I thought it was the stupidest idea ever. Why, why did you think that? Because I was just like, I don't want to just be posting pictures of me and my family on Instagram, like on vacation, be like, oh, look at us, like right. traveling. Like, I don't know. I saw it as like a vain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but she um, was like, no. So I was actually on maternity leave and it was right after I had Kennedy, my youngest, and she was like eight weeks old we were about to go to Colombia to okay. Cartagena and Medellin um, and she had came over and she was like you know you should really do this like I've seen you travel with Jordan for the last two years I think it's something that's so powerful and the fact that so many people think that once they have kids like their life is over they can't travel anymore I was one of those people before you I really was <laughs> I really was you gave me hope yeah so like she was just like I just think like seeing you do this all the time like you should show other people this side and show them that it's not just birthday parties and all these other things once you have kids right. like there's life outside of that so i thought about it and then i started it and um and you realize your friend was right yeah <laughs> i did <laughs> yeah i mean i think you know before i saw your platform i really did think that once you became a parent it was one-year-old birthday parties mm-hmm. and your personal life was over until they were like 18. Yes. Yeah. But you, you showed me a whole different side yeah, of things. it's not over. It's just okay. getting started. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so really quickly, tell us, for people who aren't familiar with you, tell us about you and the family. Oh, so, um, as you said, my name is Monet, and my husband's name is James, and we have two girls, Jordan, who is five, and Kennedy, who is three. Who are adorable and are here with us, <laughs> yes, and we'll get are. on the mic in a little bit. Um, if, you haven't, if, if you haven't followed the Traveling Child 
get to follow them, you'll see this beautiful black family. But sorry, I cut you off. No, Continue. it's okay. <laughs> so, um, actually, we're all four of us were born in New York, which okay. is um, nice. We live in Florida now, but um, I'm first generation American. My parents are Jamaican. Big up, J.A. Yes, you know, we just came back to. Um, my husband is American, but um, yeah, it, me and my husband were born in Brooklyn. The kids were born Big in Manhattan. Big up to Brooklyn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we're okay, like family. Brooklyn versus Manhattan in our household. <laughs> but um, as I said, we live in Miami now. Um, and yeah, we just, my husband and I have always loved traveling and we just didn't let it stop when we had the girls. So we just be on the move. I love it. I love it. And how old are the kids again? Uh, Kennedy is three and Jordan is five. Cool. Um, what were you doing job-wise before you started your platform, The Traveling Child? So I was a recruiter. Okay. So when I worked in the city, um, I was recruiting architects and interior designers. Mm-hmm. And then most recently before that, I was working for Royal Caribbean recruiting for their shipboard employees. Oh, dope. Mm-hmm. And then entertainment department. Nice. Yeah. So that was um, a nice little segue into the travel yes, space, I it guess. it was nice. And um, did you pick that specifically, or were you going after that job specifically because you were interested in travel, or did you just stumble on it? No, because I had started my blog before I started working at Royal. Um, it just so happened that that job had came open, and I thought it would be, like, a really fun job. Yeah. So I ended up applying it and getting it. Makes but, sense. Yeah. What was the tipping point when you realized that you could do this full-time? When it became way too difficult for me to juggle my full-time job mm-hmm. and it and family and home and all those other things. Right. Um, and it was nerve-wracking because, you know, like, stepping into entrepreneurship is, like, yeah. <laughs> it's not glamorous, first of all, so let's get that right. People will be like, oh, my God, you're just so Your lucky. life you is amazing. Like, you get to stay home and you get to, and I'm like, yeah, and then I, but I still have clients and, like, you're still wondering, like, okay, should I take on, like, 20 projects this month because next month I might get zero work? You know, so yeah. it's like that. That inconsistency is a real thing. Yeah, I was actually yeah. just thinking about that earlier today. That's probably the biggest part of entrepreneurship that people don't realize is mm-hmm. that inconsistency can take a toll on you too, in terms yes. of your confidence, in terms of, like you said, not knowing what's going to happen next month. Mm-hmm. So should you overwork yourself if you have the opportunity? It's it's really a crazy exactly. And then you put the mix like I'm not a single person. Like mm-hmm. I have a husband, I have two kids. Like we have a mortgage, so I can't just be playing games. Right. Um. So it was nerve-wracking, but I will say, I feel like a lot of the times we're the ones that are stopping us from being as successful as we can. Because I remember when I was thinking about leaving Royal, I was so nervous. Just on like, can I really do this? Like, will this be the biggest regret? Like, will I be able to make, you know, as much as I was making? And then two weeks after I quit, I got, like, the biggest partnership of my life, and I feel like it was also, like, God was like, see, you didn't have enough time to do this before, and now that you've given that up, which, like, so many things I feel like were going wrong with it, but you just keep, like, trying to hold on to things, and then once I was like, okay, let me let this go, then it was like everything else just fell into place, and I feel like I just needed to let that go and take that leap. Mm, Come on, word. Come on, word. Yes, yes. I love it. Um... Really quick, before we get into more travel talk, so let's talk about raising kids in the education system. So my nephew graduated recently from uh, eighth grade, and in the graduation, the ceremony said class of 2027, and I was so confused, and I was just like, I asked my my cousin, his mom, and I'm like, 2027? This is 2019. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. She's like, oh, they, you know, celebrate their 
you know, force a college graduation year. And I was like, oh, I hate that idea. One, I think it puts a lot of pressure on kids that they already have, you know, so much pressure as it is. But on top of that, it's like the idea that every single person is going to go to college. Every single person is going to have the same timeline. What are your thoughts on that, being a mom of two? Yeah, I think that it is an unfortunate thing because I feel like there's so... I mean, I went to college. I have my master's degree, mm-hmm. you know, so like education is something that has been important for me. But at the same point now where I am in my life, I clearly don't. I do not use my undergraduate degree or my or my master's degree. Right. And a lot of times I wish I could like get my degree back and get my money back. Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just use that, you know, but, you know, I feel like there are so many other opportunities that don't require college. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times our system is so as you said, like it's so much pressure on like go to college. That's the only way that you can succeed. But what about trade school? What yeah. about like other, you know, or exactly. just, or being an entrepreneur and, or whatever it, it may be. And, you know, I'm sure my brother will listen to me and be like, what is this really my sister? Because like <laughs> he is like, he says like he's not against education, but he is someone that's always like in my life that is like college is not for everyone. Yeah. That's okay. And I agree with that. Now, if you want to go to college, that's one thing, but just college, 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 college. That's not, I don't think that's all that we should be right. teaching our kids. And right. I hope with my kids seeing me being an entrepreneur and me seeing them, seeing me work for myself, they will understand that there are other things that you can do in life besides going to college and getting a job and working for someone for the rest of your life. Right. And if they want to do that, that's wonderful. Uh, my mom had her same job for 32 years, you know, like amazing. Right. But it's, it doesn't have to be that path for everybody. Yeah, I agree. And I think I was having a debate on social media. I posted it um, the day of my nephew's graduation because I was just so distraught. I was like, these poor kids, you know, kids nowadays are dealing with so much anxiety and depression as it is. And, and everyone's kind of like, oh, I don't understand why you guys aren't dealing with anything. But there's also this added pressure. And like you said, I'm like thinking of a kid who is a creative, right? And they could be the greatest artist or painter or even in a different sense, the best hairstylist or the best whatever it is or a trade that feels the pressure of I've always been pushed this idea of this college graduation date. So you end up, one, wasting money in college because if you're going to college not knowing what you want to do or not having a clear path, especially a path of how you're going to make that money back. It really doesn't make any sense. Yes, it doesn't. And I think oftentimes it's always like, you know, yeah, as soon as you get to college, like you have to have your, you know, what you want your degree to be in on that first day, because then if you don't, you know, you're off track and you won't graduate on time. At age 18. Yeah. It's like, you know, which is like how many, how many people knew at age 18 what they wanted to do? And even if they did, and even if they did use their degree, how many people by like age 30 are like, wow, I really don't want to do this and don't know why I did this. Exactly. Like I know I, so many of those people. Yeah, like I mean my friend like Andre Jones, he is an amazing videographer and like I feel like for him he feels the same like college was like not that like it didn't really like help him to get where he is now mm-hmm. and like cuz we actually have this thing on my house on Wednesdays we have this like entrepreneur meeting with a few of my friends they come over and we just like exchange our ideas okay, and like mastermind <laughs> meeting I we like just it. like try to figure out like how we can help each other like yeah. how we can collaborate like hashing out our ideas and things like that and we were talking about that one day too cuz we me and him were like yeah, we don't use our degrees. Yeah. Like we didn't did we really need to cough up all this money, you know, to do what we're doing now and maybe had we had a little bit more time to figure out what we wanted to do, take and try a year off things, or take apprentice it, in different situations. Yeah. We, we might not have 
you know, spent that money that we didn't have to. And not to mention, um, another thing that kids nowadays are dealing with are graduating, even if they do want to work, you know, in the career track and, and rise mm-hmm. to the corporate ladder a lot of people are graduating and not even able to find a job in their field that they studied for oh, no, and paid all this money for. No, for because years. especially for someone that was a recruiter, I can tell you it's always like, oh, yeah, so do you have six years of experience? And no, we don't want, like, it's great that you have that software, but have you used it in a professional setting right, before? And right. I'm like, but you, one, not paying that much. And then two, like, you're trying to, like, you want to hire someone at an entry level salary but you don't want them to have entry level skills but mm. where are they going to get these skills if, if no one, no one will give them, them a chance right. and sometimes internships are really hard to get to or you know there's internships where you, they're unpaid and everyone can't afford to take an unpaid yeah. internship so that's yeah. just I mean that's a whole other topic but I just feel like it all yeah yeah. It's just, yeah it's good to hear that you're on the same page with me on that because I was having a debate on social media I basically put a, a poll up and asked people like is this great and motivational or are they putting too much pressure on kids and people were telling me like you know what are the chances of someone especially black people creating a career for themselves without going to college and i'm like that's first of all that's the limited mindset that Whoa. is the issue to start yes. with and and unfortunately and i was also um most of the well a good majority of the people who were um on that side of the poll were west indian yeah, so growing up in a West Indian family, I think a lot of immigrants, especially black immigrants, we grew up with, you know, very limited career ideas. Mm-hmm. And granted, you know, them coming from another country, they were laying the foundation and they only knew stability being a certain number of things. And so it was like, if you're not a doctor, lawyer, engineer, mm-hmm. or, or something in business that they understood, it was like, what are you doing? Exactly. And so I think a lot of people... Um, are so like mind warped and in and and not to mention American society also pushes that agenda of college being the only way to make it. But we know, unfortunately, I think we learn too late in life that yes. there are so many other opportunities to really be successful, not only monetarily but like fulfilling your passion mm-hmm. that don't require college. And again, this is coming. I also have a master's degree. Like this is coming from someone who went through the formal education yeah. system. But um, you know, so society didn't require a degree either. So no, I feel you. And I, I mean, used it for some time, but you know, it's I just think there 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 are other opportunities and giving kids that pressure of you have to go to college mm-hmm. and you have to graduate by this date from like kindergarten and starting yes, is crazy. It is crazy. And I mean I'll like I definitely have like college prepaid like mm-hmm. in florida they have florida prepaid where you can prepay at the year that you start so you pay tuition at that year versus like what it costs oh really years. yes so i have that for both of them dope yes i didn't even know yes, that was an option yes because when i was in new york we had just a 529c for mm-hmm. jordan but then when we moved to florida my parents had it for me and my brother nice. and um it is really nice and i have that because if they do decide to go to college i want to make sure my husband and i are not struggling to pay for it at that time if they don't get scholarships um which is really nice because yeah you pay for it at this year at the cost at this year and then you just keep paying until they turn that. 18 so you're you have to have a child who's born like yes so you have to yes Social you have Security. to be yes you have to be because um, i was like i'll start it now yes, <laughs> i don't have any kids have, i'll start it right to, now they have to be born <laughs> um and you have to be a florida resident to do mm. that program um but we have that stuff for them but at the same point if that's not what they want to do then right. totally okay with that right dope dope Okay, well, let's get back into the travel. That was a little on your parenting. <laughs> yeah. um, so now you're a huge inspiration to people like me, even though I don't have any kids. I'm thinking about my future kids, hopefully, God willing, who, um, you know, I want to know who inspires you or who inspired you. 
So I would say, honestly, even just like my parents, and I will say like, that's how I know I got the travel bug because my parents, we did travel. I nice. mean, of course, as being first generation American, like I would go to Jamaica all the time, right, right, right. but we also went other places. Like my parents, we went to like Paris. I remember they took us to like England. We would just even throughout Florida, because I, even though I was born here, I grew up in Florida, um, we you know, they would take us to St. Augustine or wherever the case may be, drive us wherever. I remember one time we drove to Myrtle Beach. Oh, that's way too far to drive in my opinion, but <laughs> still, you know, doing those things. And I, But I think, like, honestly, for me, even still, like, the most inspiring thing for me that my parents did was when I was in high school, the summer between 10th grade and 11th grade, I got a scholarship. I was in this program called Women of Tomorrow, mm. and I got a scholarship. I went to Botswana for five weeks. Oh, nice. Yeah, we were talking yes. about this on social media. Yes. Yeah, so I stayed with the host family in a village for two weeks. Nice. We went camping in the Okavanga Delta for a week but you know i was like 16 years old and i'm I sure that changed it, your life forever it, did. it completely forward. changed my yeah. life but i also know as a parent it was probably hard for my parents to send me away for a summer you know when like it it wasn't days of social media with wi-fi right. it wasn't like oh we could facetime each other or anything right. i remember when i would call them there was one a huge time difference and i'd be standing outside with this calling card that i bought <laughs> and i'd be like okay we only have three minutes today because you know the calling card is about to be finished and things like that but i know it was like one took a lot for them to be able to like let me go and i thank them every day for letting me go because that was a turning point for my life in general and then especially for just like the love of travel yeah. so i think like things like that really inspired me and so thankful for those experiences that i knew that i wanted to give those experiences to my kids as well amazing my gosh botswana at that age i went to botswana what was it i think two years ago i couldn't imagine like what was that like at 16 oh my god i mean First of all, just to be able to stay with the host family mm -hmm. in a village was just amazing. And to see how they lived. It is like in that village, it was a village of Odia. Like I'll never, I'll never forget. And so just to see how they live there, it's so different. So like in our village, like my family, um, we had electricity, but there was no running water. So there was an outhouse. And then like another girl that was on the trip with me, her family that lived next door, they had running water, but they didn't have electricity. But then the house next door to us, they had like a paved driveway, like electricity, cable, like everything really? like they, and like to see like it didn't matter what you had like they also live together where i feel like in america it's like super segregated like you know wealthy middle class yeah. poor like it you know um but it was just amazing to see like all the people in there i don't know just like it was just it was just amazing because it was just so different and like just to be able to not just go to an African country and, like, be a tourist, but to really, like, be able to live with people and just see, one, first of all, like, how welcoming they were, like, mm. how excited they were to have me in their home. It, they lived in a two-bedroom um, house, and there were um, three kids, and the mom, the um, the dad, he was working someplace else, so he wasn't home, but she was like, no, you have the other room, like, by yourself, like, all the kids will sleep with me, and I'm like, no, wow. and she's like, no, like, you're our guest, like, we're so happy to have you here and just like them walking me in taking me to like work some days with them and just like being so proud to show me around to their friends in the village and just like teaching me their traditions mm -hmm. and teaching me how to cook their meals and like all these things it was just like it was just so beautiful and you know especially like as you know African Americans and like you know, just being able to go back to Africa and have that be my first experience yeah, I'm in sure. Africa. Like, I'm sure. And I think 
that it's so beautiful because you know going to that point african americans growing up we most people didn't have that much of a connection to the continent mm-hmm. so we only knew what whatever media wanted to tell us which we all know yes, is bs exactly um so it was so great that you had an opportunity to experience that firsthand and see the the great side of that experience exactly. early on wow i mean i I'm, I'm trying to think if i was a parent you said you were 16 mm-hmm. if i could do it yeah you know that kudos to your parents that is a a major, major move uh, in confidence of letting you do that because I'm not sure if I could. I do know it. even now as a parent, I'm like I don't know if I would let my kids do this, <laughs> and I know I would have to, but I know it was hard for them, especially at that day and age. As I said like without the technology mm-hmm. we have today, but it's something I'm forever grateful for. So absolutely, oh my gosh, did you have any initial hesitation? Um, speaking of technology and social media, about building a public brand around your family, like people getting to know you and your husband mm-hmm. and, and the kids and all that stuff? Yes, because I think, like, with social media, things can always be misconstrued. Like, you're typing or you're writing or something, and I feel like I'm definitely, like, a careful person where I'm always, like, preface my feelings. Like, I don't mean, like, don't take, you know, because, like, you don't want people to take things the wrong way One when you're saying things. So, yeah, even with, like, just putting the girls, like, on the internet, you just never know because there are crazy people in this world and you have I mean, to. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be careful about that. And I've gotten crazy comments. Like, I had to block a guy one time because he wrote on Jordan's picture and was like, she's so fine. And I was like, no. Um, uh, what we're not going to do. Not, this is a little girl. Yes. And we're going to block you, report you, all the things. All the things. Um, so I try to, like, I try to, like, I mean, you can't tell just from someone's Instagram profile what, you know, if they're crazy or not. Um, but I try to, like, look through when I see, like, certain new followers or whatnot. But at the same point, I also understand that they're going to grow up and they're going to go into the world and I can't protect them from everything. So at the same point, while everyone doesn't agree with putting your family out there and there's definitely people that think we're crazy for doing it and don't agree and think that we're endangering our kids or whatever. But at the same point, I also feel like the positive outweighs the small amount of negatives there are. Mm. Um, And just the feedback that I've gotten from people and I just think that it's still worth it at the end of the day. Because I know as a parent, when I first got pregnant with Jordan, everyone was like, you know you're not going to be able to travel anymore. You know you're not going to be able to do this anymore. And it's just that negative, negative, negative. Mm. It's so nice to have something positive for A beacon of hope. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you make a good point. I think anytime you, you put anything out there for public consumption, it is... You have to evaluate the pros and cons of doing that. Especially if what you're putting out is... Um, you know, part of you in your personal life. And obviously, you get to control how much you put out yes. there. That's the other thing people don't realize is mm-hmm. that there are a lot of things that you, I'm sure, have memories of or photos of that you're not going to put exactly. out there. Exactly, yeah. Because you know that's something that you want to keep sacred mm-hmm. to you and your family. Um, but I do agree. I think, you know, someone told me, and I, I was, like, really in awe and, and even grateful at the thought that they were like, listen, you're doing public service. And, and you know, you're changing the world in a way that you don't realize. And I'm like, huh. I mean, I don't think of it in that way. Yeah. You know, I, I started Soul Society because I love travel and I wanted to see more black people doing it. But when you think about it in that way, the lives that you change just by putting yourself out there, um, you are a servant in a way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah. and it's weird to think of it like that. But it is. It's, and when, and when I th- shout out to Moo, who's the one who told me. And when he told me, I was like, 
Huh, yeah, I, I would have never thought about it like that, but I guess it's kind of right because I, you know, still to this day, I receive messages of people who are like, I would have never gone these places or I didn't even know black people were doing this. And, you know, if if that's changing some people and changing even a percentage of the culture in a positive way, I think. Then it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And people should check out your blog and social media, obviously, for ongoing tips for traveling with kids. But what are like one to two tips you can share on a podcast about uh, traveling with kids? Yeah, so I think two of the biggest misconceptions about traveling with kids is one, that it is too expensive to travel with the family. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, I would completely disagree with that. I think that, of course, there are always going to be obstacles, financial obstacles that are going to stop anyone from traveling. But I think that if you want to travel as a family, you can 100% do it. We only fly on flight deals, so we Come don't. On flight deals, listen, <laughs> We don't be like, you know, I want to go here next right. week, or I want to go here for summer break. I'm like, no. So, hmm, what deals are there? Right. And you know, and especially like even for Jordan for her spring break um this past year, because a lot of people say, oh yeah, well there's flight deals, but it's never. It's always when the kids are in school, and that's not true either. There might be less flight deals when yeah. they're out of school, but we went to Brazil for her um, spring break, and it was because there was a flight deal and we ended up paying 340 a person and then I was mad because the next week another flight deal came out for 308 <laughs> and I had really wanted my um $32 back if that math was incorrect don't don't hate on me my my degree was not in math but um <laughs> I was like I want my $32 back per person but no but I mean like going like to Brazil like for $340 is great yeah you know? absolutely when we went to Kenya we went it was $520 round trip on Lufthansa hello and we've gone other places I mean me and her went to like Aruba for like 175 round trip. We've yeah. gone other places like listen, people be hanging on spirit, but spirit penny fairs be getting me places for a $30 round trip. So you can hate all you want to, but this family of four be out and that is how. So I feel like, you know, it's like it can be expensive if you have particulars of like I want to go here and on this date. But if you're just like open open yeah. and will just go where the deal is and follow the deal. It can be affordable. We stay in Airbnbs a lot because of the affordability. And we'll, I mean, the kids are young. We'll get, I mean, especially when they're younger, we'll get a one-bedroom Airbnb. Like, we don't need two bedrooms. Like, they have, um, we have, like, a little blow-up, travel blow-up bed for Jordan. So, worst case, she'll go on her little travel blow-up bed. Kennedy ends up sleeping in the bed anyway, so we ain't got to worry about her. (laughs) And, you know, but, like, so many ways. Pack snacks. Like, there's so many ways to make it affordable to travel with kids. When we went to Thailand, we went for a week. We had signed up for a credit card, got the bonus. That paid for the flights hotels in two parts i think for the whole week we spent like twenty two hundred dollars for a family of four so you know it's 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 relative of course but you could totally travel this is rondell aka king ronda don thank you so much for listening to soul society 101 the podcast um i interrupt your regularly scheduled program to announce that we have launched an online course ultimate guide to travel.com that's ultimate guide to travel.com. And in that course, this online masterclass, I'm teaching you all the things that I've learned mostly the hard way over the past 10 years of traveling to 60 countries about all the ways to do it on a budget. So as Monet was talking about travel on a budget, I, you know, I realized one of the most common questions or concerns that I have um, in my goal with my mission with Soul Society 101 is always to inspire and guide black travelers. One of the most common things that people 
are concerned about is money. And I want people to know, people always say, oh, bro, you must be traveling. You must be rich because you travel so much. I want you to know you don't have to be rich. You actually don't have to be rich at all. You just have to be smart about how you're traveling. So in this online masterclass, ultimateguidetotravel.com, I'm teaching you about credit card rewards and points and how they work to book free trips. And I show you receipts. I talk about lodging options, travel trends, supply and demand in the travel industry, extended layovers, flight deals for discounted flights, all the points of reward systems that exist and how to plug them in to give you the maximum free and discounted trips. I'm talking about free round-trip flights to Italy, Jamaica, Grenada, Bermuda, France, and I have receipts to prove it. It's all in my online course, my online masterclass, ultimateguidetotravel.com. Be sure to write it down now so you don't forget. It's no longer one or the other. We're traveling and saving our coins, y'all. Ultimateguidetotravel.com. Now back to Monet, the traveling child, giving us all the tips on how to travel with the family. Yeah, and then also just like... I feel like people feel like they have to have so much stuff when they're traveling with kids and you don't, you just get, you little. if you got a baby, a carrier is clutch. And then you just find like, I mean, even when we did travel with the pack and play for Kennedy, we had one that weighed six pounds. It can go mm. in the overhead bin. Like you don't have to have like the fancy smanshy, like big, huge, like right. things we're team carry on. So we'd be out. So, um, I just think, and and flights, I know, is like a big thing with kids. But as you see, they're here. Okay, they've definitely been making noise and asking questions <laughs> here. But overall, you know, like, you come prepared with yeah. activities for them, snacks on snacks on snacks. Um, and you can survive a long-haul flight. I mean, Kennedy and I went to Australia. Like, they've been to Thailand. They've been to Kenya. They've been on, like, 17-hour, oh 20-hour, you know, 26-hour flight um, travel days. They are troopers. So, yes. They so are troopers. You just have to prepare yourself. And once you know how to prepare, it becomes so much easier. That's what I'm talking about, inspiration. I mean, <laughs> just you talking, I'm like, yes, I need to take all <laughs> these notes down. So make sure you're, you're following the Traveling Child um, on Instagram follow her blog for all the information. So out of all these destinations that you've been to with the kids, what is your favorite? What's your favorite? What's your favorite destination? Hawaii. Hawaii. Hawaii was your favorite? I want to Come closer to the mic. Come closer oh, to the mic. Oh, Don't speak on the microphone. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Say your name and tell us where your favorite trip was. She got press pause. Oh, okay. she's taking off the headphones, y'all. She's taking off the headphones. Yeah. Don't touch it. It's on already. What's your name? Jordan. Okay. <laughs> I want to change it to Aaliyah. Oh, you don't you don't gotta tell your government name now, bro. My name is Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Jordan. So what what was your favorite trip that you went to? My favorite trip was Hawaii. Why Hawaii? So close to the mic. What did you love about Hawaii? The hula. Oh, oh. the hula. Show us your moves, girl. <laughs> 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 and where did you come from most recently? You went to... Where did you just go on a trip to? Where? New York. Well, we're in New York, York yeah. <laughs> but where did we go before? Where did we go with Grandma and Grandpa? Jamaica. Oh, nice. And you know that's where your mommy's from? Yes. Did you see where... Hello. <laughs> You're done with the interview? <laughs> did you like Jamaica? You like the beach? You like the food? Okay. <laughs> And her headphones are back She's on. She's done with us. Thank you for joining Soul Society 101, the podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Uh, man, so back to you. What What is your <laughs> favorite destination to travel with the kids? Oh, mm, okay. That's so hard. Okay, some of my favorites have been Brazil, Kenya, and Cuba. I think those are my th- I mean, obviously Jamaica because just showing, being able to show them like where my family is from. Yeah. Um, that was amazing. And for my dad, especially, oh my God, he was living his life. I'm okay? sure. He didn't show them the house he was born in. Cause you know, back in the, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. born in the house, yeah. not in the hospital. So <laughs> he showed him the house he was born in and then the house that his dad most recently lived in. And you know, he, he has to show him where he went to school and like all those things. So that is like, just like stuff. Per- yeah. personal so that's just like beautiful in itself and just being able to show them all those things um but besides jamaica it would it would have been definitely brazil kenya and i think cuba what did you yeah. love about those three destinations um so one being able to take them to like their first african country was just like yeah. amazing um and, and that was kenya yes that was kenya for and them. you in kenya you did like a really in-depth like you didn't just pop in you no, were like we in kenya in with we them. was in there we <laughs> was we went to Amboseli national park then we we hung out in nairobi we went to um lake navasha and we did a walking safari which was so cool yeah um and then we went to uh, Maasai Mai tribe. We did um, a safari as well. So, yeah, we, I mean, we were out and about throughout Kenya. Wow. And what did you love about Brazil? So, I just love, like, the Afro-Brazilian culture. The food was amazing. Just, like, there were so What part of Brazil things. were you in? We went to Rio. Okay. And, I mean, we took, uh, we took, uh, what is the dance? Samba. Okay. okay. We took samba lessons. <laughs> I'm like brain freeze. I love you. I love you too, Jordan. Aww. <laughs> so, samba in Brazil. Yes. And what else? You love the food. You love the. Oh my god, the food was so good. And just like the vibe, like mm. I've never been someplace like it was just so vibrant. Like mm. everything, like just walking down the streets. Um, two of my girlfriends had came too. So even one night, my husband stayed um in the Airbnb with the kids, and we went out, and we were out way too late at night. But just like. There were so many people on the streets. I mean, like, cars cannot drive by at all. It was just like, and it, we weren't there during carnival time or right. anything. And it was just like, I mean, it was just like vibrant. Everyone was just so welcoming. Everywhere we went, literally, everyone was just like welcoming and just like so happy to talk about their culture, their history, like, teach us about Brazil, show us. Like, there's, so so much pride mm. um and we just had a lot of fun i mean from taking a cooking class to taking the samba lessons we did like the famous pedro de telegrafo hike um and just like going to the beach relaxing just walking around the streets just like it was just a really good trip nice it i was- haven't i actually have never been to south america oh so yes. that the brazil is definitely going to be my first um entry into south america hopefully my cousin went and had a great time and and raved about it and was planning on going again the same year that's how much she loved yeah like i would love to go back to like i would love to go back and go to like bahia even do like aguaza falls but we loved brazil nice speaking of places um well the opposite of places that you would like to go back to what are some places that you've been to that you're like "Eh, i'm good i don't need to go back (laughs) so i did not like sydney at all sydney australia why is that I don't know. I just... The vibe wasn't right? Yeah, and then I just felt like no shade or anything. But I don't know. It was just like... 
like any big city. It was like that's what I've heard it was about like Sydney. New York or LA or Chicago, but like without I don't know to me without like the things that make LA, Chicago, and New York mm-hmm. hit. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know to me like it didn't have like it's like oh the opera house, and then I was like okay like right what else? I mean I will say like I did have a good time on our day trip to go to the Blue Mountains, the Three Sisters, um, and that was nice, but. I don't know. I just, I think my expectations, I don't know if my expectations I were have, too high. I have very high expectations for Australia also, and I've heard the same thing about Sydney. Yeah, so like I also went to Cairns and Melbourne, uh-huh. and I did like those two places, but I would never go back to Sydney. Wow. Okay. There you have it. <laughs> um, what are some of the easiest destinations to travel to with kids? Because I get that question all the time, and I'm like, guys, I don't know. Don't have any kids. Um, uh, uh, okay, so... I don't know. Like, I don't know. This question, for me, my motto is if kids live there, kids can visit. Like, if kids live there, there's something that kids can do. So, I don't know if I would say easier, but I guess I would say if you're looking for something that's the most like living where you live, then maybe someplace that you could get around by car where you could install car seats and, like, you can just drive there and, you know, park in a parking lot and, like, go do what you're doing. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I... I don't know because it's so subjective on like what you like to do and also what you're used to because people that are used to living in cities like New York like hopping on public transportation is nothing for you probably with your kids because you do that all the time anyway versus someone that's not used to that going to a place where they do need to take public transportation so I know that does not answer your question but I think it's just all relative and I think anywhere could be easy if you plan accordingly okay okay um are there any destinations that are absolutely off limits to travel with your kids? So you're like, I would go there, but not with the kids. Honestly, I think the only places I would say I wouldn't go with the kids are places that I wouldn't go myself. Okay. Like, if I would go there, then I would feel comfortable bringing my kids. Because if I don't feel comfortable bringing my kids, I wouldn't feel comfortable personally myself. Yeah, I think, I mean, I believe you in your answer. Because <laughs> before I saw you go to Kenya with the kids, I was like... Because my, I loved all of my African travel experiences, like loved. But I will definitely say they are more intense than traveling to other countries. Just the way you get around and the way you have to move in and just shuffle. And, and some of the experiences just being in the safari. But since I've seen you do that, I'm like, oh, she's down for everything. <laughs> yes, I'm down for everything. <laughs> and I remember it's funny because I was in, um, so like I remember, yeah, like before we went to Kenya, when we had bought the tickets, I remember like I, I was in black travel movement in the Facebook group and yeah. I was asking people on tips and I was like, oh, like we want to go here, here and here, but like what's the, you know, best way to go? I, and I said I would be traveling with my kids and like some people were like, oh no, like you don't want to go there with your kids or no, you can't go, you can't like, drive from here to there with the kids like that's too much and i'm like y'all don't know me right right, Um, right. but i think but i think also it's just that it's just that mindset again that we're like people you know they push it down on you so much that everyone starts to believing it even if i mean these people that were commenting didn't even have kids they never traveled with kids before so it's like I feel like it's just because of what we think, because we think it's so difficult. And, like, I mean, in Kenya, they were fine. Like, we flew throughout some of the places, Mm -hmm. but then we did have a long drive because we drove from Amboseli National Park to Lake Navasha and then from there to Masamara. And it was a bumpy road, but, I mean... We had different games for them to play. We had coloring books for them. We had movies downloaded on Netflix for them. We had, you know, things. So I think, again, it's 
all about preparation and not to make it seem like, oh, travel with kids is like a walk in the park. It's right, not because right. you're being a parent and whoever has kids, you know that parenting is not easy right. at all. But my thing is, if you could survive going to the grocery store with your kids and then being like, oh, can we buy this? Can we buy this? Can we buy that? Oh, I want to do this. I have to use the bathroom. I got to do this. I got to do that. Right. Like, if you could do that, believe me, you could survive. And it might not always be easy, but it will always be worth it. Okay. I'm with it. Tell me, because in, in the podcast, we also like to talk about crazy travel experiences. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people look at, especially in, in the way we present our brands on social media, yes. everything looks amazing and great and fun. Tell us about a crazy travel experience for you that you're like, oh my God, I cannot believe this is happening right now. <laughs> so we had the longest day ever in life. We were in Brussels and we were going to Rotterdam. At the train station, waiting for the train, put my bag down for one second to take one of the kids out of the stroller to close it up because the train was coming. Mm-hmm. Someone snatched the backpack. That quickly. That quickly. Jeez. With all of our passports in there, with our train tickets no. in there. <laughs> and then I just started crying because what else could I do? Oh, my gosh. Um, my husband wasn't there. Uh, my girlfriend was with me, but I was just like, we're going to another city. Right. Like, we're not coming back here. Like, our passports just got stolen. Right. Like, what are we going to do? And so the train conductor was like, oh, this actually happens all the time at this train station. <laughs> like, not for it to be a regular occurrence. I was, like, I was like, okay. And then, like, a couple that had seen everything that he came over to, like, help. And they were so nice. They had, like, a newborn baby themselves. And mm. they were like, don't worry. Like, we'll help you with, like, getting the kids onto the train. And the conductor was like, well, just get on the train. And, like, we'll figure, we'll, like, figure things out, like, on the train ride. So, I get on the train. Like, um, my credit cards and everything were in my bag because oh. they were in the wallet. So, the train I'm con- cringing at the yes. whole thought of all this happening. So, the train conductor was like, don't worry. You can use my phone. You can call the credit card company so you can, like, stop the credit card. I was like, oh, my God. Thank you. The the couple with the kids was like, don't worry. You take care of that. We'll entertain the kids for you. I was like, wow. oh, my God. Thank you. This other gentleman, he had his laptop out. He's like, don't worry. I'm looking up how you can get a new passport right now. What do you need to do? And I'm like just crying. And I'm just like, but, oh, my God. Like, all these people are so nice. And they're wow. just, like, trying to help me, like, figure out what to do. And I was just, like, so thankful for that. So we found out that basically we had to get new passport pictures. And we would have to go. Um, we, we were going to Rotterdam, but there was no consulate there. So mm-hmm. we would have to. Um, but we needed to make a police report first so i'm going to file the police report and then i get an email and i don't know why i thought at this moment in time checking my email would be a good idea Mm. with everything that was going on but i decided to do it and it was actually the lost and found at in brussels so the perp had dropped like took what he wanted and dropped our bag oh how kind of yeah so (laughs) and they said apparently that's what they do they take what they want and then they get rid of the stuff so like they don't have you're like your whole bag right, right, because right. then like okay if you have this bag right. and it was a diaper backpack too so probably didn't look like they were supposed to have it oh my god and um so they left our passports in there oh wow okay so they had looked through the passports and googled our names and when they googled our names they they found my blog it was the first thing that came up so they wrote me an email through my blog to tell me that the tr- that our passwords were there, and then I started crying again. Wait, <laughs> what? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Let me let me let me yes. make sure I understand this correctly. 
the person or people who stole your bag with your passports, mm-hmm. took whatever they wanted, dropped it at the Lost and Found. They didn't found, drop it at the Lost and Found. They dropped it in the train station. And oh, someone and then picked someone it picked it up and took it to Lost and found. found. But then they Googled your name, found you had a blog, and wrote you? Yes. So when they Googled my name, my blog came up. And then so they sent me a message on my contact form in my blog to let me know that they had my backpack. I, I just, what part of the game is that? I just... <laughs> So you have to go back. So I have to go to... back to Brussels. But remember, my train tickets. We had a U-Rail pass. My train tickets were also in the backpack, so I didn't have a train ticket, and I didn't have. Well, I thankfully we were running late to the train station, so we had taken a taxi instead of walking like mm-hmm. we were supposed to. And when I paid, when he gave me my car back, I just put it in my pocket instead of putting it in my wallet because we were rushing. Right. So thankfully, I had one card. One card. But before I used it, I asked, I was like, is there, I told the, the train people, at the, I was like, this is what happened. And now I need to go back. So like, can you guys let me on a train? Because buying three train tickets right. at that moment right, in time right, right. was not really what right. I wanted to do. And she was like, well, I can't do anything. But she's like, if you talk to the train conductor, you can see what they say. So I talked to the train conductor and he was like, oh yes, you can get on the train. Don't worry about it. So we get on the train. So when we had went from Brussels to Amsterdam, it was an express train. Mm-hmm. When we got on this train, apparently it was not. Oh. With men that take like twice as long. <laughs> and then mind you, like we had not eaten because then like our last train served food, but we were going through so much. Like right, food right, was right. not. So they were hungry. She was asleep. Kennedy was asleep in the carrier. Thank God. Jordan was awake. We stopped at one train station and there was like a bodega like right there. Yeah. And they were like, oh, the train is delayed. So we'll be here for 15 minutes. So I was like, okay, perfect. So we can run off, get something to eat real quick and get back on the train. Right. right? So it was winter time. All of a sudden, when we get back on the train, I realized that Jordan's jacket is missing. What? So somehow her coat, when we got off the train, didn't make it back on the train. Oh, my God. And then I'm like, this cannot be my life right now. <laughs> and then, like, the seats that we were sitting in, people had sat in there. So then we looked for other seats, and they were like, no more seats left on the train. Oh and I have, gosh. like, Kennedy in the carrier. And, like, now I'm just, like, crying again. And so this guy sees me, like, distraught. He's like, you can have my seat. <laughs> but then there was a lady sitting next to him who was like, nah, you can't have, you can't So like the three of us are sitting in this like one seat. Then we go to like eat our food. Yeah. And, um, we don't eat beef or pork. We, and then we like open the croissant and realize I have bought ham croissants. Oh my gosh. I'm like, this cannot get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> like what is happening right now? We finally get back to Brussels, and I'm talking to Jordan. I'm like, okay, we have to find the lost and found, and the train conductor overheard me. He's like, it's okay, I'll take you there. I was like, okay, thank you. And he's like, we get off the train, and he looks at her, and he's like, um, excuse me, where is her coat? Right. And I now was Now you're like, looking like an unfit mother. I, I was like. <laughs> Got your daughter uh, out here with no coat. I was like, sir, it's been a really, really long day, and like. And then my mommy had to share her jacket. You yes. see that you have yes. a great mom. She shared her jacket, jacket with you. FYI, FYI, all of you listening. Well, I'm going to share one arm with you, and I can have the other arm. Aww. Okay. Okay. That's a super mom. And Jordan's biggest concern, guys, is that her jelly beans, or what was it, gummy yeah. bears? Mm-hmm. 
were stolen from the bag. Not the passports, <laughs> not all the craziness. You know, kids don't care. She no is mad that her candy snacks were <laughs> taken from the bag. And she just told us that um, not to forget to in- include that part. So thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> so we we get there to Lost and Found. Our bag is there. The passports are in there. And then I'm like, all right, Jordan. So we have to go back to Rotterdam now because that's where we were going and like after that we were going to Frankfurt and we were flying from Frankfurt so there's no way we could stay there and the train conductor the guy was like excuse me you're 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 going back there <laughs> and I was like yes sir I told you don't ask very questions day. and then he was like hold on one second first he asked the the um, lost and found he's like do you guys have any coats for small children that yeah. she can have and I was like oh my god thank you so much and they didn't but he was like then he goes and asks his co-worker to see if she can find, like, a coat or something. And he's, like, being so nice. Right. He, and then he's like, I'm going to – give me one second. Let me make a phone call. He makes a phone call, and he's like, don't worry. I, I got you guys on the next train. I'm putting you on the fast train so it doesn't take as long. Mm-hmm. Putting you in first class so you have food, everything. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, thank you so much. You needed that at Like, that I point. needed that. <laughs> like, needed that. So he sent us off, and we went back. And thank God we made it back. But it just also shows that, like, even in the midst of, like, something so horrible happening, mm-hmm. there are so many good people in the world that helped us, like, on that day. Yeah, absolutely. With, like, everything that was going on. Because imagine if everyone turned their back on you at that moment. Oh, my goodness. Listen. You needed every person who came through for you in that moment. And they did. So it's, like, it was a horrible day in the sense that we wasted the day, we lost the day on our vacation, all these things. But... It just shows you even if crazy things happen, like, it can have a semi-good ending. And, yeah. like, everyone was just so helpful. And that in itself just showed us. And, like, especially, like, for the kids to be able to see, like, again, like, with traveling, like, these are people that don't look like us. Right. These are people that don't speak the same language as us. But it didn't matter. They saw someone in need and they were willing to help us. And those are some of the things that I hope that, like, traveling with the kids that instills in them and they are taking away from it that's a that's a beautiful note to end on i mean honestly i think you know i always tell people my biggest um thing that i take away from travel is the humanity right Mm -hmm. meeting people that are completely different from you and like you said just learning that the the good outweighs the bad as it relates to people and that we all have the same things that we care about, right? Like when, yeah, so those moments, like someone who saw your daughter didn't have a coat and were like, okay, stop everything. That's the most important thing. We have to figure that out. The man who was willing to give up the seat, the, you know, not the woman who wasn't there. <laughs> yes. really give up. Let's not, let's not include her in the mix. But, you know, just that, you know, we all care at the end of the day. We all care about the same things and, and look out for each other when it really boils down exactly. to it. Exactly. So tell us, what do you have coming up? I mean, you told us about all these amazing travel experiences, Mm -hmm. the amazing kids, the husband, the family. What do you have coming up um, with The Traveling Child that everyone can look out for? So I actually wrote a book. Oh, a book? Yes. um, A children's book. Okay. So it's going to be a series called The Traveling Child Goes To. Okay. And the first one is on Brazil. Um, And it's basically just to, it's, it's written like, from the eyes of the kids and like they're kind of telling the story and just about like what to expect when traveling and just about the different places that they see and like how they see things like especially like we talk about christ the redeemer in the book and just like some people they go to christ the redeemer and they're like oh it's not as big as i thought it was but then like the kids are like oh my god this is so huge like so just talking about like 
the way that they saw things and like what they enjoyed doing there. So it gives like history about a little bit about the country. It also kind of gives you an itinerary because we're talking about what we're doing. And so it's showing you like things that you could could do and also things that you could enjoy with your family since the kids did it as well. That makes total sense. And it's a way to get them excited if you're going on a trip. Exactly. Whether you're going on a trip there or just going on a trip anywhere, just teaching your kids about um, the different places. But most important for me is just the fact that, you know, and you know, being in the travel space, people that look like us are often left out in, you know, advertisements or in, you know, media when it comes to that. So being able to have a story that's about my family, my black family and my black children and being able to like have them in a space that's just, I guess I wanted to take things off the internet because the internet is great, but like something that a family, you know, whether they're white or black, but especially, you know, for, for black families, they can have this book about a family traveling that looks just like them and know that they can do that. So that was like something that was like really important to me. And I just wanted it to be something more than just like, Oh yeah. The traveling child on Instagram or whatnot. And, and something that could be tangible and hopefully inspire people in a different way. Yeah. Being definitely being in people's households is a, a totally different game and i think you know i i wish you much success with this series so Thank where can you. people purchase the book so they can buy it on amazon okay. and this first one is called the traveling child goes to rio de janeiro and yeah it's on amazon so. so guys make sure you check out that book i'm gonna buy a copy she came in here talking about hey i have a book i'm working on <laughs> i'm like wait how does no one know about this yeah it's available this is the first now. time i'm saying this out loud so guys we have the exclusive so show some support definitely check out the book Check out the website. Tell them where um, they can get in contact with you. So the website is thetravelingchild.co. And then on Instagram, it's thetravelingchild. Facebook, it's also the traveling child, but I'll tell you, I'm way more on Instagram. She's popping on, on Instagram, y'all. Facebook and she gave me all the Facebook. travel deals. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for coming by and doing this podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's been a long time. A long working. time coming. I know. <laughs> thank you, Kennedy and Jordan. We're finally over. You guys can talk. Oh, oh, now they don't want to talk. They're over us. They're, they're unhappy with me right now. Soul Society 101, the podcast, we out. Peace.